I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. So I talked to Diane. I'll fill you in on everything she said. Okay. I'm so sorry. I was plying and I lost track of time. What is plying? It's a spinning thing. It's where you take your singles and you twist them together on the spinning wheel. And it's very absorbing, Liz. I was deep in my spinning. Deep. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about the Happier in Hollywood newsletter that never was, but hopefully soon will be. (laughs) Then full-fledged television writer Brooke Sitgraves-Turner is joining us. Brooke used to be our much-adored assistant, then she was a staff writer on The Fix, and so many people have been asking how she's doing, we thought she should just tell you herself. And this week's Hollywood hack is something we think everyone should have. But first, we got a couple of updates. First, Sarah, I am still looking around my space with new (laughs) eyes. That was a suggestion you had recently. And I want to report that I threw out a desk lamp that I've had for years and always hated. Yay! It was this little green lamp. Adam had gotten me very sweetly, but I just never liked it, nor do I need it. Like, I don't, I like overhead light. I don't need a desk lamp. Uh So it also took up space. And the other day, I just looked at it and thought, I don't need that. And I got rid of it. Amazing. And it felt so darn good. Yeah. And then inspired by you doing that, I decided to get rid of my bedside table lamps. I was just like, you know what? Now that you mention it, (laughs) now that you mention hating lamps, I hate these lamps. (laughs) So they're going out. I ordered some new ones. I'm like so happy. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, good. Well, I mean, we're just looking around with fresh eyes and making so many changes. <laughs> All these little changes, they really do matter, though. Like having things around you that you like to look at is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Liz, we also have another update. 
In episode 175, we talked about a piece on Fast Company, which is a website called How to Find and Support Black-Owned Businesses Wherever You Are. And then right after we recorded that episode, I saw that my absolute favorite online healthy slash healthier food market, Thrive Market, has a BIPOC-owned section, which is so amazing. I use, and this is not an ad, I use Thrive Market all the time. So I'm like, I couldn't be happier. I, now I can just go. They have a little button. Basically, you click for all the BIPOC-owned um, products. So I can get ghee. I can get tortilla chips, nut pods. They have all of these things. So if you want to support BIPOC-owned businesses in your grocery choices, Thrive Market is making that very easy. It's so cool. Yes. I love Thrive Market, too, by the way. Again, not an ad. That's where I discovered Mary's <laughs> crackers. Mmm. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's our newsletter, which does not yet <laughs> exist. But yeah, we talked about this right before the pandemic started. We talked about starting a newsletter, and then things just went totally crazy. So we haven't done it. But it is in the plans for 2021. Yes, 2021, when everything's going to be better and we all have <laughs> our sanity back um, and there's no COVID-19, that's all going to happen in 2021, right, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of crazy that we are getting used to this day of the pandemic world and we actually feel like we can tackle something new because, you know, obviously 2021 isn't going to be pandemic free. Yeah, I was thinking about that and it's like, well, I, we are kind of now in a pandemic groove for better or worse. It's the it new is. normal. Yes. So we might as well move forward with some of the things that we've been talking about. So we wanted to pose a question again to you, our listeners, the same one we posed six or seven months ago before the world exploded, which is just what content are you interested in? Uh, if we do a newsletter, when we do a newsletter, what would you like to see in it? Yeah, some thoughts to get you going. Um, the craft of writing for TV is something that we figure we'll talk about. Um, info about being on set or other specific information about making TV beyond writing. Is that something people want to hear about? Are you interested in listener questions and our answers, for example? That's something we could put in a newsletter. Interview extras. I think that's a fun idea. That's a fun one. Like kind of we, like an after show. Yes, exactly. We always ask people what makes them happier in Hollywood, but I think lately we've been forgetting, but we could always, you know, we could ask them mm. and then put that in the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes photos. That'd be fun once we have some more behind the scenes. <laughs> like behind the scenes basically is like right now. Behind our office and your <laughs> Yeah, I'm recording the cabin. podcast in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Super exciting behind the scenes pictures. <laughs> um, inspirational quotes are always good. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also like suggestions are TV suggestions, book suggestions. Mm, yeah. Um, I assume people are interested in. I love hearing people's suggestions. But what I, we would love to know from people, Sarah, is in the newsletters you already get, what do you like the best? Because that will help us sort of figure out what is interesting to everybody. So think about it when you have a spare 
moment hanging around the house during the pandemic. <laughs> um, you can tell us on our Facebook group. Just go to to um, Facebook and search for Happier in Hollywood. Or you can also email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, we talk to Brookala, as Marsha Clark calls her. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for our From the Outer Office segment. People have been asking for an update on Brooke, our former assistant, and she has a lot going on. So we thought we would ask her to come on and fill you in herself. Yes, and for anyone who doesn't remember, Brooke Sitgraves-Turner was our assistant for three years, and we hired her as a staff writer on our ABC show, The Fix. She did a fantastic job. And if you want to go back and listen to Brooke's other appearances on Happier in Hollywood, check out episode 58 and episode 113. Brooke, hello. Welcome. How are y'all? We're good. How are you? I'm doing well. I miss you guys. It's nice to turn on the podcast and hear your voices because you're like, oh, I'm still in the mix a little bit. Well, Brooke, before we get into what's happening in your career, mm-hmm. we just want to mention you moved out of downtown and you are staying in Sarah's house in West Toluca Lake while she's in Minnesota. Yes. So you've been Yay. talking to Sarah. So how is that? It's a dream. <laughs> I joked with Sarah, <laughs> please don't be mad if I change the locks because I might be here forever. Um, yeah, there's a hot tub and a pool. It's like a little oasis. And really different from downtown because downtown is just like the realities of the pandemic and the current world are just like in front of your face all the time. Well, and you were in like a studio apartment, weren't you? Yeah, I was in a studio apartment. So I was in one room every single day for (laughs) I don't know how many months. (laughs) I don't know. It was like five months. Um, And I only left to actually walk my dog three times a day. Wow. a lot. So that, well, I'm glad you have a little more space and some outdoor space. Yes. And, uh, it's well, so that's like my question. How is your... Pictures of you by the pool. I know. How is your dog liking it? Is your dog liking having a yard to run around in? It's funny because this morning I was out by the pool and I looked at the dog, like the dog can even understand what I'm <laughs> saying, but I said, hey, do you want to go downtown? And she came over to the blanket and immediately immediately laid down on the blanket. It was like, no, we're staying right here by the pool. We're not going back. So, well, see, my dogs are like very invested in Minnesota. They love it here. So, <laughs> I think our dogs Maybe have, you guys have just settled stay where you are. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, Brooke, well, you have been very busy since last we worked together. You wrote a podcast pilot. You were in development with one of your spec pilots with a producer before the pandemic hit. And now, drum roll, please, you are on a staff. Yes. yes. <laughs> so tell us about the show. Yeah, so I'm on a show called Long Slow Exhale. Uh, it's about women's college basketball. And I started this room right before the pandemic hit. So we had, I think, three or four days together actually in a room. Mm. And then our that first Friday, we heard the NBA was, you know, stopping games. And then it was everything shut down. So we've wow. been on Zoom since then. And I'm so thankful. <laughs> I'm so thankful. So, so we got on a Zoom with our boss the first Monday of shutdown. And we all were just like, thank you, Pam. We love you. Thank you for getting us this job and bringing us on your show. Like it was in the nick of time. We should mention this show is created by Pam Visay, who's a big TV writer and it is Paramount for Spectrum and BET. Mm -hmm. So Brooke, a lot of people say that getting your second staff job is as hard, probably honestly, even harder than getting the first. Did you find that to be true? How did you end up getting this job? Y'all. Okay. <laughs> the time in between the fix and this job was so hard. <laughs> I have to admit to myself that one of my biggest fears is like not working. Mm. Uh, and so I really had to work through that fear over the year in between these two jobs because it actually took me a full year before I got my second staff job. Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully I had other stuff going on during that time. But it was tough. And, you know, I interviewed for several jobs before landing this job. So I'm thankful I was getting into rooms and meeting with showrunners. But this job actually came about because my manager uh, heard about the show. It was about basketball. And she thought, oh, Brooke, this is totally Brooke's jam. She'll love it. Sports. Because I used to run track. And um, she sent my sample to the production company. And it happened that one of the execs there was someone that I worked with at UTA. We were assistants together. And she immediately was like, oh, Brooke, I love Brooke. Like, I'm going to read her sample today. Uh, and so she read it and she liked it. And then she forwarded my stuff on to the studio. So I really got lucky. <laughs> I had a well, general with that, with that exec. And then... Like, I don't think they knew exactly what was going on with the show yet, but she advocated for me hardcore, so. Well, what I love about this story is that it shows that connections you make in other places, which you think have nothing to do with getting a TV job, can end up popping up and making all the difference, which is why we talk about networking and making relationships and, you know, being nice to everyone because you don't know what the future holds, and that's what happened. Yes, totally. Well, and it also goes to it also goes to like how important executives are, especially in those first few jobs. Like we really yes. owe our first job to Nicole Norwood, who was an executive at WB, I believe, at the time. Yeah. And she, I mean, or Warner she, Brothers Studio. I'm not sure which. She was just determined to get us that job. And she did. When you have someone really advocating for you, it's huge. Yes. And I would say writers, when you're going out on generals. I know it feels sort of like, what's happening? Does this mean anything? And it absolutely does. Like, so many things came out of generals. The spec I had in development, that came out of a general meeting. I had a general with an executive at Sony, and she got me two staffing meetings. Um, so you really just take them seriously, you know, go in, meet someone, talk about the stuff that you like, and 
they'll like when they say stay in touch, they mean it. They will yeah. read your sample if you have a new one, like, yeah, take them seriously. Yes. And then, Brooke, another question, another question is, you went from working with showrunners, us, who you knew really well before you started the job, to working with a showrunner, Pam, who you didn't know at all. So what was that like? Because I think a lot of young writers have that experience because their first job, they a lot of times come up through the assistant ranks, mm-hmm. so they know everybody. And then the second job, they very likely may be off, you know, with just all new people. So how is that? It's been an adjustment for sure. Um, working for y'all, I was very nervous because, you know, you finally get promoted by people that you really admire. And it's like they took a chance on you and you are so nervous that you won't do a good job. So you're just like every day, like I have to do a great job and it's scary. But then when you work for someone that you don't know, it's just a totally new bag because, you know, you don't know sort of what their personality is like. You don't know what kind, what their taste is totally, even though you've read their, you know, their pilot or maybe, and I would suggest that if they have other pilots, you can get your hands on, you read those two before going into the room. Mm, um, good advice. But you don't know them. So there's this added layer of like, what do they like? What do they want? Um, so that has been for sure a challenge. But I think the good thing is that you can kind of move into a new space. And what I mean by that is if you are an assistant to someone and they staff you on their show, I think it's quite easy to get stuck in the mindset that you were in as their assistant. Mm -hmm. And when you go on a show for someone that you never worked for, you're kind of free to enter a new space. It's just easier to kind of step outside the box that you were previously in, if that makes sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah, perfect sense. Now, you did something, Brooke, that we really admire recently. You called your boss and asked her what you could do better. Yes, (laughs) I did. So first tell us why you did it and how it went. Yeah, so I was feeling sort of um, adrift in the room. Like, I felt like I wasn't totally communicating my pitch as well. And I think that it's easy, especially as a young staff writer, to sort of spin out on that. Because you start to, Mm -hmm. you know, you take things personally and then you start to go oh, wait, like, am I not landing that because it's bad? Am I bad? And I don't know, you just like, your mind takes a whole dark, dark turn. Um, And so (laughs) instead of going down that path, I was like, you know what, I should just touch base with her and see, hey, how how am I doing? Are there things that I can do better for you? Because I really want to be an asset to you in this room. And that wasn't like an easy call to make, quite frankly. I had a friend I talked to before, like, hey, you know, this is what I'm going to do. What do you think? And she's like, oh, yeah. Go ahead, do it. And I think it's so, you know, we don't talk to our bosses about a lot of things because we don't want to bother them. We feel like, you know, they have so much on their plate and um, we just don't want to be like that. Is it the squeaky wheel? I don't know. We don't want to be annoying, right? But I just, you know, I had to do it, take that risk. I could be annoying. That's fine. But also it could just be that she says, hey, these are the things you can improve on in the room. And then I do that and I not only become a better you know, asset to her, but also just in general, when I move forward on my next show, I'll be better at pitching. So um, yeah, I gave her a call. She was super cool. She explained, you know, the things that I could be doing better, which in this case, were like pitching more visually. And also, you know, sometimes you are in the room and you default to using pronouns, like, 
they do this or that. And it's like, who the hell are you talking about? So uh, (laughs) working on not using pronouns and using character names, for sure. And then something else that Pam said, I don't know if it was in this call or just in the room that we love, is to be brave. Yes. Oh, my God. That's been a huge uh, learning lesson for me. She has been really great about kind of mentoring all of the writers in her room. And um, she definitely makes space for people to lead, which for me was very scary. (laughs) Uh, I think for other people, they might naturally just like step into that space. For me, it was like, whoa, what's happening? Um, And it took me a while. Actually, quite frankly, I'm still kind of figuring out how to navigate that space. (laughs) Because, you know, I think as a staff writer, especially if you do the staff writer training program, you know, they teach you, you're there to solve problems, you know, don't point out any issues unless you have a, you have a fix. I don't know. You're just there to kind of like fill in gaps. You can kind of get trapped by that mentality a little bit because you don't take bigger risk and maybe pitch bigger story ideas or step outside of the box more because you're so just like listening people. You're trying to yes. And you're trying to figure out what the problem is and find a solve. And it's like, sometimes Solving that problem means thinking outside of the box and having a totally different idea. You're not trying to figure out how to fit like a, what is it? A square peg into a round square hole. Square peg <laughs> in a round hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's been great. She wants people to lead. And that means that you find yourself in territories where you don't have the answer and you got to take a <laughs> risk and kind of like jump off the ledge. <laughs> well, what I love about that is it doesn't just apply to television writing. I mean, if you think about any sort of job where you're you're entering, you're getting your foothold in, being bold and taking risks and sort of owning your space is always going to serve you better than trying to just kind of cower and get by, which Mm -hmm. is what, I mean, I know I did when we first started. I just like didn't want to fail. I wasn't necessarily trying to succeed. I was just trying to like keep my head above water. So I think like, I love that you're realizing that now. And I love that Pam is like really upfront about that. Yeah, it's, it's, Nice. <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> to stretch y'all. I'm not going to lie. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but for sure. And then, Brooke, you told us that you put a post-it on your computer. What does it say? <laughs> okay, my post-it says, breathe, boo. <laughs> it's not personal. It also says some other things, which I'll share. But um, yeah, the breathe, boo, it's not personal is because I think it's easy to in our room, everything's very direct. You pitch an idea and it either lands or it doesn't. I guess sometimes it's like, oh, that's interesting. And it might open up a discussion. But um, I think for a while I was taking things personally in the room when they weren't working out. And it's like Mm -hmm. not about you at all. It's not that you're stupid because your idea didn't land. You know, we're in a brainstorm session. So things are going to come out that don't work. And you just kind of have to pitch and release. And it's weird because mm-hmm. when I write things, like if I'm turning in pages, and I learned this actually on the fix because, you know, you guys have that thing which is share things before they're ready, which I knew before going into the show. And then on the show, things are moving so quickly that you work on your pages and you get them into a place where you feel like they're good. And then you have to share them because we don't have time. Um, and you <laughs> kind of got to disassociate in a way. It's like, 
you share your work and you're going to give notes on that work just like you would give notes on anything else. So, you know, everyone else is going to read and give notes, but also you are looking at, at it with a critical eye. So I'm actually quite good at disassociating from the pages that I write. But strangely, in the room where we're having an active live discussion, it's harder for me to sort of separate from the things that I'm saying in the moment. So that's what I kind of had to work on. Well, I think in the room, you're getting sort of an immediate mm. sort of personal rejection. You know, like it's it's yeah. not often in life that you'll be having a conversation and say something that is meaningful to you. And the other person is like, no, it's not that, you know, which can moving happen. On. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. Forget it. I don't like that. You know, like there's a directness in a room just that's just kind of part of it. And some people are more kind of, you know, talk around it and be gentler and whatever. But like at a certain point, you're just like, nope, that's not it. Moving on. And it isn't personal. It's like all the ideas are, you know, as we say, we pitch terrible ideas all the time. You know, that's not personal either when we when we hate our own ideas. Yeah. It's just part of the and process. Almost, and almost none of it is personal. I mean, yeah. we were just having this discussion yesterday, Sarah, about an issue we're having where we had we kind of took a step back and said, oh, wait, this isn't personal. It's not about us and anyone liking us or thinking we're good writers. It's just business. It's not personal. And it definitely helped us sort of just feel better, I guess. I feel better. Say. And then also, I think it helped us reframe our response because our mm -hmm. response is not personal either. Yeah. Right. Right. We don't if we don't have to be personal. Yeah. If they're not being personal. Mm -hmm. Like our Midwestern politeness is very hard to to tamp down. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, and that doesn't awful. mean we can't be polite. Yeah. But like we don't have to. um take me whatever it's it's not personal yeah and brooke um just before we let you go we asked if you have any advice for other young writers and you had a book suggestion which we loved because i happen to love this book yes um untamed by glennon doyle yeah uh so you know in the vein of being brave and all of that it's really helped me sort of step into my knowing that she talks about which is just you know trusting yourself and your intuition but also she mentioned something in the book about, um, it's towards the end, sorry, spoiler, but about women and our desire to be likable and how it makes us, you know, indecisive and hesitant and not direct. And I totally have that. And I also from Ohio. So when you talk about this Midwest mm -hmm. politeness, it's like that on a thousand. Midwestern so, women are cursed. I swear to God, we have <laughs> such a hill to climb. It's bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really working on being more direct, sharing my feelings, just, I guess, stepping into myself and not being concerned with the fact, you know, am I liked or not? I'm sure I'll just be assume really you are. You yeah, are you liked, are, Brooke. Brooke. We'll see. Nobody could not like you, Brooke. Even when, <laughs> even if you were being direct and rude and awful, you'd still be liked. Oh my gosh! But um, I would love I to see that. Not that it matters. <laughs> okay, Brooke. The next time I see you, I want to see that like bold, direct. Brooke. She's okay. here. Yes. She's on her way. Okay. She's on her way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy that you're thriving and we really hope that you hire us someday, please. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Coming up, we've got a Hollywood hack that will absolutely make your life easier. But first, this break. Okay. 
Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. It's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Now, for many of you, this may seem like we are stating the obvious, but if you haven't adopted this particular hack, it is life-changing. It is the app Venmo. Yes, and it's widely used, and yet there are definitely large groups of people who are just like, no, I don't want to get Venmo. Oh, it's a pain to set up Venmo. It's really not that hard. It's a, I guess we should mention, in case you don't know, that it's something you can pay for things through Venmo. And what's great is you just attach a credit card or a debit card. I don't even remember which one it is. But you can, like, Sarah, you and I used to have so many just oh hassles God. with paying each other back for things. Like, yes. It, and, and we wouldn't want to because we wouldn't have cash and neither of us wants to get a check, you know. <laughs> and now... We just immediately can Venmo each other. And it's so easy. It's so easy. And like if you're, we of course use Venmo. People pay for our amazing Silipine cups that we love using Venmo. Yes. So we're like now very adept at Venmo. We use Venmo all the time. Yes. And it's just so yeah, easy. That's how we became aware of the fact that people don't have it is because sometimes people <laughs> will email us and say, I don't have Venmo. Can I send you a check? And I do let them send us a check, but for them, I'm like, your life would be so much easier if you just got Venmo instead of having to mail a check. Yes. And especially as, you know, 2021 comes and someday we are out of this pandemic, it is so nice to just like go out to dinner and whoever pays you just Venmo them 20 bucks. Like it just, it makes your life so much easier. So yes, to all you holdouts. Yes. <laughs> get Venmo and then email us and let us know you got it or let us know in our Facebook in our Facebook group because I'm just curious if we do inspire people Sarah I hope we do I hope so you inspired Gretchen to get Venmo didn't you yes she was a holdout and I finally just pushed and pushed and she got <laughs> it and then of course she was like oh Venmo's so great I love it so get Venmo <laughs> And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to Brooke Sitgraves-Turner for joining us today. You can follow her on Instagram at Brooke Sitgraves. 
Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. And thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So wait, Brooke, what were the other um, things on your post-it note? So there are four points. There's clear, succinct, uh-huh. visual, and new information. And that is because when I'm pitching in the room, I need to look at kind of remind myself of what I need to accomplish in the pitch. So I kind of, while I'm thinking of an idea, I'll like catch my note and then I'll go, oh, right. That's what I need to work on. And so. Mm, mm. That's smart. Send us a picture of your post-it. I will. From the Onward Project.